Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome once again to the More and Connolly Football Show, the podcast that gives you your fix of the NFL with a little added je ne sais quoi. Big shout out as always to the Gridiron family of which we are proud to call ourselves a part. My name is Tom Moore, talking nonsense since 1986 and joining me as always is the godfather of the family. It's Ollie Connolly. Ollie, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Week one? I'm, I'm, I am pumped, mate. I am so ready for week one. It's not, it's not even real. I feel like I'm going to lose a limb with excitement. You know, you get deprived of football for so long. I don't think fans of other sports understand <laughs> the disproportionate nature the offseason is in the NFL. That I'm so pumped for it, mate. Are you ready? Yeah, I've, I've been deep in the dirt of like Vikings third down packages now for what feels like six months. And there's only so much philosophy and theory you can do even as the nerdiest nerd until you're like can i see some <laughs> games can i watch someone <laughs> throw a ball please i cannot wait mate i'm so excited where are you watching the games on sunday or are you where are you watching the kickoff game to start with i'll be here in the office in my in my den uh digging through everything yeah i'll have nine thousand screens up trying to to keep keep focus on as much as possible I love it, man. Down in the lair. Well, I'll be on Sunday night. I'll be next door with my neighbour, who um, uh, who I'll be. He's the nearest American football fan I've got to me, basically. And he's just he's just next door, so it's fairly easy. And he's really good at chips and dips and barbecue food. Ooh. He's got one of those like eggs, you know, the porcelain barbecue egg machines, yeah. you know, like the really fancy barbecues. And you know, people that are really into barbecue, oh, they're yeah. like overboard and they know what they're doing. They kind of get, okay, fill your boots, mate. I'll just eat it anyway. <laughs> Before we move on, we've got to introduce him. We've got to welcome our great producer who is joining us, as always, live from the Emerald Isle. It's Stereo Mike. Stereo Mike, how are you doing? I was in Asda uh, during the week and somebody called me Stereo Mike. No, I didn't. I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> that would be pump, sick. Pump for week one. Uh, like Ollie, it's weird that you cover the sport and stuff and then suddenly there actually is games this week. It's a bit crazy. This is obviously going out on NFL kickoff day. So if you're listening to this on NFL kickoff day, welcome Excelsior to, to everyone listening. And I'm, I'm pumped. I'm excited. And just to round out rumors, uh, you were not poisoned by Irish chocolate last week. And that was, you know, just that was the, the reason for your disappearance. It wasn't the case. No, unfortunately, <laughs> my two boys were both ill. And when they're four and one, it takes a toll mm. on a daddy at that moment in time. Why did I just call myself daddy on the podcast? <laughs> That's not a good idea. Also, I've not heard an Excelsior drop in a while, Mike. That was pretty cool. Um, and talking of Asda, I just got something to settle my beef with before we get into today's show, which obviously will be NFL related. We're going to talk about some of the headlines we think are going to come out of week one. And then we've got our game show for this week, which we always touch on, which this week is Dragon's Den. We're going to be pitching to each other some ideas for how to improve the NFL. And then we'll round out with what we've got on listeners' questions. And also Mike, of course, giving us a taste of Ireland, as he always does. If you want to find us on Twitter and contact us, you can at Ollie Connolly, at the underscore Tommy underscore more. And of course, at Michael NFL for Stereo Mike. We're at Gridiron, of course, as well. And emails 
please send them into us with your questions, your comments, your nonsense, your opinions. We want to read them out and reflect on them ourselves. It's mcfsquestions at gmail.com. But before we move on, Mike, talking of Asda, where you were, I am starting to get a little bit annoyed with people who take the smaller versions of trolleys to the self-checkout scan location in supermarkets. There's not enough space. I don't care that you can just about fit everything in the bagging area. It was designed for baskets, not for you with a shopping trolley full of stuff, even if if it's the smaller trolley. Am I insane, boys? Am I insane, Ollie? You're spot on. Um, it, it's been abused for a long time. I will say, though, I, I, I think the the supermarkets themselves are, are taking the mick a little bit with the, the proportion of these self-checkout situations. I do feel slightly like a minimum wage worker when I'm in there. And at some point, I'm looking around thinking, am I getting some kind of paycheck for sitting here scanning this asparagus? You know, in the Sainsbury's I go to, uh, the same Sainsbury's I will say that Erling Haaland frequents. Oh, I love it. I love yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. Um, the entire shop besides three things is self-checkout. There's three traditional grumpy man sat behind their scanning ship, and then the rest of the floor is self-checkout. That feels disproportionate to me. That feels slightly dystopian. We are the workers. You know, but what's interesting, that, that is very, we are the workers indeed. In the same, same as local to me, it's, it was built obviously a while ago, so it maintains the same kind of proportions. There's about 20 proper aisles where you go through proper scanning locations with people sat behind and then at a reasonable size scale self-scanning area the problem i've got is i've only ever got two people on the tills so what's the point in having 20 locations it's does, like they're all empty does anyone under the age of 30 ever go not to the self-scanners anymore I, oh, do. I, I make somebody bag it for me no oh, you I'm do? Not having that. yeah and we like we, we don't really have like that's like the asda is like the only one in the 30 mile radius for me like We've got Centra and Super Value. The what no? you just said there, Stereo Mike, was it wasn't just that you went to the aisle. You said I get someone to bag it for yeah, me. So do you also... yeah, and there's now like a 26p levy here in Northern Ireland. It was free <laughs> until last year. It's, it's an absolute disgrace. I mean, I for one need that bag to to carry home and no, the that's thing. fine having a bag. But do you literally get the person to bag boy style bag up your goods? It's amazing. This is similar. This happens in America. Whenever I would go there, I was always shocked and horrified. The the very the little Englander in me would come out being like, "No, no, you don't have to do that, mate. Don't worry, I got this." And that I always think of it as like when there's a charity drive and you just would dump some in the bucket. Like the scouts would be there. And you go, "No, it's okay, mate. I'll still bag my stuff, but I have the donation anyway. You don't have to do the actual bag." Yes. Whereas in America, that is their full-time job. So you're almost like insulting them when you're saying, no, dude, I've got it. I'll bag it up. Do they have full-time bag people in Ireland? They don't just throw you six bags and say, no, it's just, yourself. it's just common courtesy. It, like, I, like, you're just like, ah, oh, here, I'll do it for you. Know, like, that's no bar. But it sort of stopped since COVID. Uh, very quickly, you never told me about, about Holland. That's that's very interesting. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I'll have to get him on next week. He, uh, yeah, the song. big value shopper. Uh, I don't want. I don't want to spill the beans on Ellie Holland's shopping trolley. Um, uh, he buys a lot of homeware, from what I've noticed. Hey, and I tell you what, Erling Haaland. I just everyone that was deriding him before he came into the Premier League, and I know this is a soccer thing. We're going to move to NFL very, very quickly, and saying, ah, oh, he's not going to be playing against German farmers. I don't think they realise that the Bundesliga is still a good standard, a very good standard of football, and also. He's a beast. <laughs> He's incredible. He was, and the way he, the, the first hat trick he scored against Palace, the third goal where he just held off somebody who's tight, <laughs> trying to pull his head off his, his shoulders yeah. and slotted it right in the corner of the net. Absolutely fantastic. 
seriously though, let's move on. Let's get to the news. Let's go. It's not even the news, Ollie. What am I talking about? It's not the news this week because it's week one. So our big news story, which we usually do, we're not doing that, Ollie. We are doing headlines we think we are going to see when this week comes to a close. And I'm excited about this. The news before the news. What will be the news? The news before the news. And I've got some shouts in here. I know that Mike's got some shouts. Uh, Before I get started, Ollie, do I have to make time for your predictions in here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I got mine. Okay, okay. I'm just saying because I could, I could go for days, baby. I'm all over this, right? I'm gonna throw the first one out, and then we'll go round, we'll go round the horn, and we'll see what everyone else has got to say. This is my headline. The first one: Trey Lance throws two picks as Justin Fields limps off in the third quarter as Bears and 49ers share six-six tie. Wordy. (laughs) Well, I don't know. It's a headline, isn't it? This one's in the Daily Mirror. Is that right? Because I was just going to say that's got a real Daily Mirror vibe. That's how they write the headlines. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I'll forgo the 6 6 part. The Trey Lance thing, it's, a, it's an interesting take. It has to be one of the things at the foremost of everyone's mind of what will that look like? It is the great unknown going into the season. No team in the league has as high a floor to ceiling ratio. It could be, oh no, what is happening? Do we go back to Jimmy? We've traded Jimmy. What do we do by week eight, week nine, right? Or it could be, holy <laughs> they have turbocharged the, the the best offense in the league, essentially, the one that everyone's tried to replicate for three, four years, and they've been able to elevate it because now they've got this dual threat player who can push those traditional concepts into just a different stratosphere. They basically dumped RG3 into the thing with an advanced Kyle Shanahan. And that to me sounds like we could go on the road and, and drop 40 in Lambo in the playoffs, right? So it's there's mm. just there's just such a wide uh, range of situations for them. And I'm just so excited to be able to finally see it and stop discussing what this mystery man will look like when he arrives. And do you think that my prediction here in terms of the headline is accurate? You know, two picks, what I'm implying with the scoreline as well is that really they're going to be going... Oh, there's Jimmy. It's that meme, isn't it? Where the guy looking over his shoulder, he's got Trey, Trey Lance is the girl next to him and over his shoulder. Oh, that's Jimmy Garoppolo. No, no, there, one, no one no one, outside of in the looks department is doing that for Jimmy Garoppolo. Everyone is very, they could not have done more to signal they want nothing more than to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, so I, I, I don't know, if they were facing someone other than the Bears, I would feel more confident in that. I think they will hide him for the first six to seven weeks of the season. They kind of last year, they they showed us Trey twice to completely different variations. One was a very scaled back version. And then when he threw the ball, he was pretty woeful. Then they did the second version, which was their traditional offense. He looked okay. He actually looked worse as a thrower, but the numbers were fine. And he popped on red zone because they were playing the Texans and they're obviously terrible. So I'm interested to see which of the two poles they bounce for. Is it just Trey as a pure runner, essentially, with some tags as a thrower, or do they run the traditional Shanahan offense? I reckon they spend the first five to six weeks being pretty gimmicky and hiding him um, and therefore can conceal some of the the flaws for the early part of the season. We'll see how that pans out, Ollie. But before we move on to a headline, we'll go to you next and then throw it over to Stereo. Mike, Justin Fields, I'm calling the limp off in the third quarter because like we talked about already this season, Ollie, building up to the season, we're worried about his his (laughs) physical well-being in this Bears team. It's... I don't want to go as far to say it's a tragedy. We're talking about football here and only a few things in football are a tragedy. But in, from a from a from the idea of someone's career and how unfair this is to him, 
he looks so good in preseason with the stuff that we've been asking him to do for like three years, dating back to the 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 uh, sophomore year at Ohio State. Can he do some more of the quarterbacky thing, some more of the nuanced stuff? Does he have the composure to say, I don't have to take a shot every time? And he was doing all that stuff at such an elevated level. It's like, man, could they not have just got him a couple of, I get the long-term plan wreck the cap sheet this year, have all the room in the world next year, hope that Aaron Rodgers wants to go live with the Dalai Lama. That's basically the plan next year. And then you you are right at the top of the division when Kirk Cousins bounces out of Minnesota. All makes perfect sense, but this guy can be good. And it's just really frustrating. And I just feel sorry for him that in the, you know, in a, in a typical situation, you'd say, well, it's a five-year contract. There isn't really a rush, right? But we just know how it goes now. You get what, 14 starts if you're lucky before people start saying it's a wrap, let's move on to the next guy. So it just feels like they're throwing out, throwing him out there to the wolves so that this new brain trust can pick their own guy next year. And, and it feels unfair. So I, I really hope it's not an injury, but I do think it's going to, it's going to look rough. It will look rough for dad bears. Anyway, let's move on. Ollie, I want to keep shooting through these because we've got loads of them. Give me yeah. your first one. Uh, I, Mahomes torches, lackluster bears. Cardinals. <laughs> Mahomes torches lackluster Cardinals. So see. Okay, because because I was going to pitch Ollie. Kyler Murray sticks it to his contractual critics as he leads Cardinals to last drive win at Chiefs, where the new look Casey offense falters as MVS drops two surefire deep shot TDs. But if we can go with yours. Have you been hired by the Express? What is what is happening with these? <laughs> I was on a train this morning to Birmingham and I had time on my hands. <laughs> Mine is more metro. Mahomes talk, let's, let's talk about your Metro headline then. So, I mean, I've been big on this and I apologize to Cardinals fans who've had to listen to the Gridiron Network throughout the offseason because I've just been hammering them throughout. And, and I will caveat this by saying that Vance Joseph was at the very top of my pecking order of who I thought should have been a head coach based on last year. I think Vance Joseph is, is an unbelievable defensive coordinator. He will get hung out to dry this season. What they've done with that defense is an embarrassment. They have no pass rush. Last year, they had Chandler Jones, right? He kind of covered up a lot of, of flaws uh, on, the, on, the, on the defense. Now you've got J.J. Watt, Marcus Golden, two really good players who are never healthy. Never, ever healthy. What are they today? Day-to-day. Day-to-day already. Season even started. The two players they need to have any kind of pass rush, to have any kind of defense, are already hurt. So you take those two out. It's a travesty up front. There's only so much he can do with his kind of weird, wacky, crazy looks to try and create pressure. You need to generate pressure with four at some point. You need to do it against Patrick Mahomes. The secondary was already a mess. They put all the chips from the offseason, free agency, trade market, draft on the offense to try and appease Kyler Murray. And they have a just outrageously lopsided roster. You cannot win in the NFL with a lopsided roster. It's not college football. And he didn't win in college football with a lopsided roster, by the way. I'm Patrick Mahomes. That's why he got fired uh, from college Clifton. So uh, uh, you, you look at that secondary, no pass rush. It will be like a training exercise for Patrick Mahomes. So interestingly enough, then, let's talk about Patrick Mahomes for a second. What do you see from him this year? I mean, let's not go too deep into it, but just expanding out from that, because it is a logical, it's a logical conclusion to come to that the Chiefs will stick it onto the Cardinals, despite my um, very wordy headline that I decided to construct. What are you expecting out of Patrick Mahomes this year? Are we expecting another MVP season? Yeah, I think he I think he torches the world. Yeah, there were so many overbaked, overstated headlines last year, him versus two deep safeties, all that kind of stuff. He roasted everything still. It's just all the numbers, all the advanced metrics still the best in the league. What happened was production across the board was suppressed 
and people weren't factoring that in and just saying Mahomes was struggling when everyone around the league wasn't hitting as many explosive plays. No one was as, was as potent down the field other than Joe Burrow. So I think they will tweak things with the offense. It won't look as collegey and spready as it has in the past. It'll be more of a run-based offense, and that'll open up the field for Patrick Mahomes. He'll be more of a point guard distributing it. It won't be all focused on Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey the way it was in the past. And he'll just have to play traditional football. He'll be Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, get back there, hit it to whoever's open, and they'll all be open because they've got really good players still. I love it. I love it, Ollie. Let's keep firing forward, and I'm going to throw it over to Stereo Mike from the Emerald Isle. Mikey boy, what you got for us? The Emerald Isle. Uh, Patriots get decimated by the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I'm going (gasps) Mac Jones, two interceptions, two uh, four passing touchdowns this Sunday. Um, And I have to jump on what Ollie said about the Cardinals. Yeah, it's like uh, death taxes and JJ Watt getting injured. But back to the whole situation with New England. This is the year they could find out. And in terms of talking about short-term opportunity or short-term issues with a quarterback, I agree with Justin Fields and what we said about the whole short-term thing there, and it's not fair for him. The Bears are making the first pick. If Mac Jones doesn't have a better season than last year, not that he had, he had a really, really good season for like the best season out of the rookies last year, out of an average rookie class. But for me, it's like, when will it start asking questions? Look at some of the quarterbacks that are in the draft next year. I think they're going to get absolutely trounced on Sunday. And me and Ollie have got a betting podcast out on Friday. And that might be my bet of the week, Oliver. Oliver, Oliver, Oliver. The, the, I, I, the gauntlet's been laid down, my friend. You cannot let this now, stand. But... You no, cannot I, let this stand, surely. I agree with him, and I'm going to get pelters again because we have tormented the Pats now for what feels like three, four straight weeks on different pods in the network. We've had like two, three-hour deep dives on both sides of the ball where all the panic and concern is. Uh, I had as my next headline, Miami romps to win over the Pats. Again, succinct, guys. The headline writing here, you can tell who's the journalist. Let, let, let's clean this copy up. Um, Definitely not. My one's going to be even longer. I've written it, and it's going to be even longer next time, next when I actually read it. Carry on, Ollie. I think I decimated was okay, but yeah. Decimated's a great word. That, that's, you, you could have ended. Miami decimates New England, period. <laughs> um, I I think they'll be okay. You know, I think I, I've also leaned a bit close to the hyperbole with them on both sides of the ball. And I do think there's genuine concerns that they're going to be a six, seven win team, which is nowhere near good enough for them. And they've just got so many things to figure out on both sides of the ball, both personnel and style. And you never want to have to do both of those things on both sides of the ball. You would like some certainties heading into the season. Um, They're too good, too smart to not figure stuff out. They did it last year. They completely ditched what they did after five weeks, wholesale changed the defense and were excellent. So I think they will figure it out on both sides of the ball. Week one, I think they get blown out. And in in an embarrassing way where all the debate shows are talking about Belichick is at the end, will he retire at the end of the season? You've got that offense Miami has, which is obviously just outrageous with the, the, the talent this year. Guys that you just cannot cover, let alone the guys the Pats have. They have no DBs anymore, so they're in big trouble there. Plus, the, the temperature is a real thing. You know, Miami is soon to fall into the water based on what's happening with, with the climate. And it's like the hottest time on record ever there right now. Hence why Bill Belichick took his guys there five days early to get acclimated. I don't know if you've seen Tom, but or, or if you understand this, but... Uh, it's hard to get acclimated to a new weather environment within five days when it's the hottest thing on record in the hottest place in the country. I don't think you can just magically get that whilst wearing pads and helmets in time for Sunday. So him doing that was a sign like, uh-oh, we are in trouble with the heat. And then they have 
better players. And the last thing I'll say, a wonderful bit of gamesmanship in Miami that goes under discussed. So it's a swamp, right? Miami, it's the hottest place in the country, essentially outside of Arizona, maybe Vegas. The way they design their stadium, they put a new roof on Hard Rock Stadium and it only covers the home side of the field. So uh, as the away team, you are being baked purposefully for the entire game. They are trying to cook opponents on the sidelines. So September, October, they always have a crazy home field advantage anyway because they're used to the weather. That is only going to go up because they're in the shade and they're baking the opponent. So I think Miami drops 40 on them on Sunday. I can't imagine Bill Belichick under the light of the sun sizzles and smells like anything other than bacon, I would suggest. (laughs) So that's probably going to be... That might be the baddest thing I've ever heard. That could be up there with... Slightly disturbing if you're on the sideline, but also, you know, delightful at the same time. Right, let's go around the horn again with another set of headlines, Ollie, and I'm going to hit you with this one right here, okay? And I'm going to extend it even further just to annoy you, basically. Russell Wilson breaks character and gives the finger to Pete Carroll after the whistle goes in Denver's 40-burger over the Seahawks on Monday Night Football. Pete Carroll to reporters after the game, I feel hollow. (laughs) Ollie, what you got for me? Good headline. I had a bit of the whiff of the pro football talk about it. Not bad. Um, My question to you guys is, will the Seahawks score more than three points? Yes or no? Nine points. (laughs) Here, I'm a... Look, I mean, I mean, I have to to say I'm biased here, but nine. I I have the Broncos been in 35-9. Yeah, they should should club them. I, I have pretty... Some substantive questions about the Nathaniel Hackett, Russell Wilson dynamic for the first eight weeks of the season, nine weeks of the season, when the schedule is really easy. I think they're going to drop games that we look at now and say they should win because I think that dynamic's a bit iffy. And then their schedule gets ludicrous. They go through their last seven games. I'm sure Mike's been through them. It is insane how difficult their last seven games are. So I think they're touch and go for most of the season. Um, This one is where they should just walk out there and just demolish them. It's a, we have the best player on the field game and the guy who controls the line of scrimmage for you is Geno Smith. Any chance do you think he breaks character though and does anything to Pete Carroll? (laughs) I think there's absolutely a chance because how do you say this? correctly without getting sued (laughs) maybe you don't say it at all russell wilson (laughs) is not someone who if you were to um do a straw if you've got a focus group in i don't think one of the top answers to what do you feel about russell wilson would be authentic or authenticity ah so there's a chance with the heightened emotions of what it is, depending on the reception he gets and all that stuff, you know, maybe he's overwhelmed and he cries, probably fake crying. Um, that if it's a bit of a tense, nasty game, goes over the sideline, the offense isn't clicking the way he expects and they're giving him some shit because I uh, thought it was supposed to be special when you left and all that. I could see him doing something pretty spicy in the, uh, with the handshake. I love it. Let's plow on, Oliver. Very well put as well. Very diplomatic. I'm proud of you, my man. I'm proud of you. I can see all your years in the journalism (laughs) game. They're paying off, mate. They're paying off. You're very diplomatic. Maybe we should send you to negotiate with the EU. Anyway, right, Ollie, what's your next headline? The Jags are Lawrence. Lawrence. Okay, I take back everything that I just said about you being a good journalist. Carry on. Lawrence. No, I'm sorry. I'm still struggling with it. 
Uh, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have um, an unbelievable game against Washington. Um, I don't really trust that Washington secondary. I'm excited to see Trevor Lawrence in a real actual NFL offense with real actual NFL coaching. What they've done in preseason is is much different than what I anticipated going into the year. And I think it's going to be way more bombs away. We've got this special athlete at the quarterback position. He can move a little bit. He's got an insane arm. Let's allow him to do some Roethlisberger type things. And if it's not quite there, don't just get rid of it. Let's move around, bounce, and just try and rip it down the field. I, I feel like they have decided to just say, have a free year or at least a, you know, a free six weeks. Go and make as many mistakes as you want and we'll figure out and trim the fat as the season goes along. Let's just wipe out the rookie season. So I think he's going to come out gunning like crazy and I would not be stunned to see him drop 400 yards, two, three touchdowns and just have an absolute monster day against Washington. I'm looking forward to really seeing what he does, Ollie, because he does have all that talent. There is all the great buzz coming out of Jags camp. So I'm really excited to see what he does. Mike, are you excited about Lawrence this year? When Ollie said that Lawrence and that really weird Twilight something, that's when the internet started going like, Lawrence, and I was like, oh, quite, that's quite good. Um, Maybe so put sex on my voice in the edit. That'd be, that'd be sweet. <laughs> God, I might actually make you edit this podcast. <laughs> it's great. If this internet goes off again, um, I actually don't have this one on the producer notes, Tom. But uh, and it's actually something that, in respect to Ollie said a minute ago, I'm trying to think of a of a cheesy headline. Geno Smith out for season after two quarters. I think we see Drew Lock at some point in Monday. Is Drew Lock is Drew Lock even active? Is, 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 like, was he injured in preseason at one point or he had COVID or something? I think he's yeah. fine now, but I don't think Geno Smith lasts the game on Monday night. I think the Broncos defense will get out of him. I don't think he's got enough protection on the on the offensive line. And I don't see at the minute, even with you know DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Seattle scoring a touchdown, which is insane. And you have to wonder, because I think I read an article today, but uh, P. Carl wanted True Lock. Yeah. I mean, that that is. You have to you have to question what the hell is going on because they've had six months to bring Case Keenum or Tom Moore <gasps> or anyone in to play. Case Keenum, Ollie. Case Keenum, yeah. one of our old Case favorites. Ke- Case Keenum. Case Keenum. The patron saint of the, of the Martin Conley Football Show. Case Keenum. <laughs> Case, Keenum. <laughs> Case Keenum, baby. Preach. I, well, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not predicting injuries. I hate that. Um, but I, I am with you in. That offensive line is in a bizarre place where the two most talented guys have never played in the league. And they're the most talented by like a factor of four or five. And that is just a horrifying spot to be in because it's all well and good when you're one-on-one in camp. And then in the preseason, maybe there's a stunt, a twist, an exchange. You got to look to your right or left, right? And you can do one cross off, no problem. When people are getting really creative with their blitz looks, when they are standing someone just to change the protection, then he's leaving, you are in a world of trouble. And Charles Cross is going to be one of the best tackles in the game. I think Abraham Lucas is really talented. They are in for a world of bother against that Broncos front and particularly what they do on the back end. I actually think Geno Smith is not that bad as just a distributor of the ball. I think if you give him weapons, and they have plenty of weapons, and I know Noah Fant's not great, but he's a giant body. DK Metcalf, you mentioned, is is obviously a huge target. Tyler Lockett gets open for fun. I, I think it's just a guy who just gets back there, gets it out, and you say by the end of the season, he was the 20th best player in the league at quarterback. I, I think he's okay. Drew Locke is actively horrific. He should not ever play in the league. He should never have been drafted, let alone taken where he was. So... I don't know that Pete Carroll comment goes back to a lot of these guys refuse when a guy's busted somewhere to even look at the pro tape until they got them. It's bizarre. They go back to college and say, well, what did I think he was coming in? 
So maybe he was thinking that. I don't know. The guy couldn't play in college, couldn't play in the league, and there's a reason he's not starting ahead of Geno Smith now. Shall we do I one do more? not want Geno Smith to get injured, Tom. I do not want Geno Smith. Just to put it out there, I hope he has a great game and doesn't win. Just put it okay, out there. That one, that one was for the lawyers, ladies and gentlemen out there. Uh, Ollie, mm-hmm. Mike, let's go around the horn one more time, but really quick fire, 30-second views on these headlines. I'll hit you with mine first. Here we go. Romeo Dobbs steps into the limelight with two TDs and 120 yards as the Packers find their answer at wide receiver. Wide receiver. Ollie. I like that. I think it's it's a reach to ask for week one, but he is clear. I, I did a big podcast with a Packers writer yesterday where we were saying that they will be able to scheme their way and Aaron Rodgers their way through the regular season. But when you get into third and medium in the playoffs, you need a dude, right? And that's what's cost them before. Um, on the other side of the ball, and they need a dude on offense now. And they, maybe that could just be Rogers himself, but they really need it to be Romeo. It is an unfair ask to ask the fourth round pick out of Nevada to be responsible for Aaron Rodgers' legacy in week one, because he's playing week to week in legacy mode. That is unfair, but he is that talented. So I guess we'll see. Let's see what happens. Ollie, give me your last headline. Um, the Bengals' offense falls back to earth in disappointing Steelers' collapse. <gasps> oh, my life. What's mm. going to happen there, my friend? So you're saying that the Bengals collapse against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Is that what you're suggesting? The offense. Just the offense. See, I, I just can't see that happening with the with the talent that the Bengals have on that side of the field, Ollie. I can... and. I tell you what, that I feel like there is some kind of institutional, maybe it's just because they've got a great head coach in Mike Tomlin, but positivity towards the Steelers that I just feel like almost with the Patriots just needs to ex- extinguish just a little <laughs> bit. Can we move on, please? Just a little bit. I, I I can't agree with that, Ollie, but give me your logic quickly. The logic is that what the diet they subsisted on last year is just unsustainable. It was all go balls, 11% of of their offense last season was Joe Burrow throwing a go ball to uh, Jamar Chase. And they hit that at a clip of a 147 passer rating, which is damn near perfect. That is impossible. Go balls are not supposed to be productive, right? They're explosive plays that are low percentage. He hit them as if it was a screen, right? That's not possible. Now he is super duper special, might be Tom Brady, willing to accept that. But I just don't think it's something you can bank on. That's something you build over time and he learns other skills. To so just think they can just be bombs away week after week as teams adjusted as they did in the second half of last year. I'm just not sure you're going to be able to play that exact same style over the, the course of a season. Look forward to seeing how it pans out. Mike, Stereo Mike, round us off with the last headline. Moving my MacBook here to make sure my internet connection is not unstable. So thanks to everyone for your patience. Um, Ezekiel Elliott rushes for over 100 yards against the Tampa Bay. Look at Ollie's face against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a complete craziness situation. Elliott has a game for the first time in what seemed well. I look, I, I had heard the last time Ezekiel Elliott was a was a force for the Cowboys. So why not? Why not? Why? Let's just get the whole. Do, 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 do you know what? Do you know what I like about that, Ollie? Before you give your give your view on that, I think that would be the headline in the paper as well. You'd start with this like slight, and then it, the text would get smaller and smaller and smaller, like the writing on Homer Simpson's hand in that episode. No, no that guy with the giant hand. I am tired of this writing on my giant hand, and it slowly teals off. And so there's never any actual body of the article. It's just a massive ramble that carries on. Ollie, I can't remember what he was talking about. Ziggy Elliot, as I used yeah, to call I, him. I, I, I don't want to start. Um, 
I mean, he is as close to washed as is possible. He's only in the league and on that team because the contract is so ridiculous. And their offensive line, I mean, my God, uh, they signed Jason Peters at 40-year-old. The guy, you know, screams when he has to get out of a chair. He's so old. It's uh, I, I don't know. And I mean, look, they still have a dominant right side of the offensive line. Maybe he pops two big runs. Plausible. I just, I, I'm, I'm, could not be more out on the Ezekiel Elliott of everything. This could be a serious, serious clip for Monday morning, lads. Probably not, not in my favor, but it could be a, a funny clip. The good thing about this stereo, Mike, is you can you can edit this, obviously, going in for the podcast for everyone to listen to. But yeah, you can edit it at the end of the week. And finally, Ollie and I can be held accountable for the nonsense that we talk about on this show and that we have done for the last eight years or whatever it is. We hope you enjoyed that segment, guys, listening in. We'd love to know your ideas for next week. If you've got some headline ideas, I'm sure we'll run with a bit of this again next week. We love the headlines. Remember to hit us up, mcfsquestions at gmail.com. Let's move on to the game show. This week on the Moore and Connolly Football Show, we have the wonderful game show that is Dragon's Den. So it's kind of not a game show, really, but a wonderful show that we all love on the TV where new business entrepreneurs come and pitch their ideas to the Dragons and try and get funding. Now, what we're going to do for you today is we've all come up with some ideas of how we think we can make the NFL better. And what a brilliant occasion to do it as we enter week one of the season. This is what we could do to make the NFL better. Each of us is going to pitch our ideas and the other two will decide whether they want to invest or not. Is it a yes or is it a no? And if it's a split decision, then we'll say it's a failure. It has to be a unanimous, yes, we both want to invest. You've got to get investment from both people. So I'm going to start off and give Ollie the floor first to pitch to Stereo Mike and I his first idea. Ollie, what's your first idea? Now, maybe I should do the, Ollie walks up the stairs and into the room. He has a briefcase and a roll of paper under his arm. Ollie steps forward with his childish and handsome hairstyle to present his idea Oliver and a sub story ready to go um I'm gonna start with my wackiest one um I would like to propose to you uh, the commissioner's office I'm presuming the dragons um yes imagine Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones would be presiding over this I imagine um the magic drive okay awesome <laughs> reaction I'm, I I'm intrigued go on sorry I've got to do it the voice of Jerry Jones um I'm intrigued. That's not a good voice, Karen. <laughs> we remove the coach's challenge. And once a game, a coach can nominate the magic drive. <laughs> I'm, I'm listening. On that drive, your offense's score counts double. Ooh. Now, do you deploy this early in the game? You've just scored a touchdown. You get the ball back. Do we try and double up our lead so we go 21-0 ahead? Or do you bank it in case you have to make a dramatic comeback? This is not eligible in overtime. But during regular time, you can nominate the Magic Drive once a game, and you get double your points on offense for that drive. Um, yeah. I am oh, interested in investing. Um when would I receive my return on this investment? Um, you know, ideally, if you were Buffalo in the postseason and you're, you're driving to win the thing, um, 
and you want to put the game out of reach rather than kick back to the Chiefs with 13 seconds left, you, you might, oh, that would be an overtime. That's not involved in the magic drive. This is, I, I say, because if as a Packers fan, the amount of times the Packers have have decided to not show up in, let's, for example, the second half of games, mm-hmm. and say, if you utilize it early on, like usually when we're electric, yeah. I'd say, I'd... You might sit down, you know, you're Kyle Shanahan. Okay, Kyle Shanahan's the best opening script guy in the league. The numbers, are, it's it's definitive, right? He's the best opening script guy in the league. He would deploy his at the very start of the game, right? Give me the ball and I'm taking the magic drive. First of all, confidence, right? You don't think Dan Campbell's taking the magic drive every single opening drive of the game? Are you kidding me? His belief in his guys? Come on now. You deploy that early on, you go 14 zip before they've even seen the ball. There is a certain boldness about it, Ollie, that attracts me to it. I'm definitely considering it. What, what's your? Where are you at, Mike? <laughs> I just, I feel like I'm going to be on my deathbed and like hope, please God, sixty years or so, and all I'll be able to think of is him saying "magic drive." That's just. I think the problem that I have with this fundamentally is I'm not sure I can rubber stamp something that changes the fundamental principles of scoring within the game, Ollie. That's what I'm struggling with. I'm looking for an investment Mm -hmm. and I'm excited for the opportunity, but I feel like sub-navigating and circumventing the the fundamental scoring value of the score during the game, I'm struggling. It's not some kind of secondary goalpost where if you kick it through there, you get one point. You still have to drive the field, score, convert a field goal. It would just count for two, the same way that you have two-point conversions and so on. It's, you know, it's only once a game, Tom. Well, twice a game. Each team gets one. I, I understand what you're saying. I hear you. You're saying this is too gimmicky. You're going to break America's sport. I'm here to tell you. Can you imagine the witching hour when three teams at once select the magic drive on red zone would scott hansen survive a triumvirate of magic drives you've 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 sold it to me ollie on that point on scott hansen's head exploding so i'm in mike are you in lads i'm i'm always in i'm I'm up for new ideas all the time absolutely so we've got one investment straight away off the bat mike let's go to you you're pitching to ollie and our ollie and our and i now what is your first idea do you lads have bt sport Yes. No. Right. So, Ollie, you know that really like cool Thursday night advert that they have for the Europa League. I do. And everyone gets well. It's not. It's probably. It's pretty awful, right? But imagine like this rock band, Tom, and they're like Thursday nights or Europa nights, and they start singing all this rubbish. <laughs> I I think like the teams that aren't in the playoffs should be in like a Europa League style tournament after week eighteen for a month. Mm-hmm. Why not? Now, I I I actually have um. A pitch somewhat similar to this that is not an original idea that has been floated in the in the <laughs> for a long, long time, which I think could could kind of play off this where you have the non-playoff teams playing a separate round robin for draft status. Okay. So you would play it used to be instead of the Pro Bowl, you would have the the top the two worst records play for the first overall pick. Now, maybe you could expand that, Mike, if you'd be interested into a wider round-robin tournament just for pure draft seeding throughout. Now, you get into these fascinating discussions of, let's say, just as an example, just as an example, Carson Wentz is playing in a game that would decide the first overall pick. Does he want to win the game to secure the first overall pick, or does he want to throw the game to get the second overall pick? 
that's the problem I have with that concept, Ollie. There's too much jeopardy in there in terms of people playing for essentially to lose their jobs. Probably not many of them because it all balances out with the draft. Some some are hits, some are misses, and it, it's only a limited group of players at the end of the day that you're drafting in. But I, I think for some of the key marquee positions like quarterback, I, I feel like I could not rubber stamp that again for that reason because I'm not sure I could trust that I was getting a real product. What if there is serious cash handed to the players? I mean, they're getting, if you get to the, the top game, you're getting four extra game checks. They will play for that. All these guys outside of about seven players on a roster are playing week to week. But are those seven players on a roster the ones that we're talking about who will be in this Jeopardy situations, quarterbacks who potentially have already earned a lot of money? But does it not? Let's say, okay, let's let's just let's just war game this out. Okay, Carson Wentz is benched by week six. We all know Carson Wentz is terrible, right? So Sam Howell comes in as the Washington starter, late round pick quarterback, mid round pick quarterback. I think it's really fun. Is going to be a, a gunner. He knows that he's playing no matter what this year, right? That they, if they get a high pick, are going to take a quarterback. He wants that job though, right? He's a mid round pick. He thinks he can play in the league. So if he gets a chance in a postseason against not very good teams, and he's got three new opportunities to show I can be the real deal in the NFL, I think he's going to play and play and try and play well. I don't think he's going to throw it and say, you know, I don't want to get the top pick because they'll replace me. Mike, what's your, what's your view on Ollie's proposal? We have something similar here in Gaelic football where they eventually done this thing I think yeah it was this year it's in the last 12 months where the rubbish counties or rubbish teams weren't even allowed into the main competition so they took like <laughs> so you got like 32 counties so they took like I think it was like 14 and put them into this like B competition and they weren't even allowed to win like the Super Bowl or whatever and it worked the final had 60,000 at the stadium watching and I, I enjoyed it so, so I feel like something after Christmas look the Pro Bowl's rubbish Yes, uh, I hope I'm sent by Mr. Connolly here to the Pro Bowl this year and we could maybe both go for the crack. But um, actually, do you know what? No, I love the Pro Bowl, but I feel like we could have a better game. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I, I just want to go to the Pro Bowl. You're never gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put this out here. I would not invest in Ollie's decision, but I propose all around the playing for draft status, but I would invest in Mike's proposal about another competition just for more football during January. I, I don't think, but I think that sounds good when we're in week one. Do you watch Thursday night football from three years ago when it was Jags Titans and they were wearing that weird piss color gold? No, I didn't. You say that's bad football. I don't want to watch that football. So why would you suddenly want to watch the Jets play uh, um, Blaine Gabbert-led Cardinals because Kyler Murray picked up an injury? No one wants to watch that football. But why would you want to watch it then if it's just, just because it's decided to draft picks? This narrative, if there is Jadevian Clowney in the draft, and two teams are playing for Jadevian Clowney because they know we're all going to be better next year if we get Jadevian Clowney. That's fun. That's stakes. Just having football for football's sake. Does anyone here watch the XFL? Is the XFL still on? I don't know. That's bad football. No stakes. Right. I am I, I'm sorry. In the Duncan Bannertine, I'm out. But, you. <laughs> I'm out. But what about you, Mike? Would you invest in Ollie's proposal? Well, that's not my proposal. It's my proposal. I, feel, I feel like oh, no, me and Ollie could maybe work together here and find okay. a common ground for a deal. And maybe, maybe if Duncan doesn't invest, maybe Peter Jones could because he's dead on. I don't know. I mean, okay. I, I like our mixture. Okay, let's take that forward then as something, and we'll find out in a few years how it turned out. I'm going to give you my first pitch now, guys, and I'm going to go to my favorite one. I've got a few, but this is this is my favorite one. Okay, I think from now on that the Super Bowl location should have to alternate between 
one year a domed facility, wherever, indoor, and then the next year, somewhere in the cold, outdoors. And that should be the, the flex from one year to the next, because it shouldn't be that the Super Bowl is held in a domed or a hot weather location. Every other year, it should be like it was when it was in New York or Green Bay. And I know that Green Bay's not got the infrastructure. That's why they can't host it there. But I don't care. I still want that to be on the list. Like St. Andrews at the at the Golf Masters, it has to go there every 16 years or whatever it is. I think there should be a rotation like that just to add that extra element of interest because it's not all about you being a warm weather team or a dome team. Every second year, those teams are going to have to play in some inclement conditions. I love that. Um, I will say the week of the Super Bowl in New York was a shit show and they were worried the game wasn't going ahead. So I wouldn't love that every year. I, can I can I yes and, and and top your proposal as well? Can I, can I add something to this proposal? I'm always intrigued with developments. I've always enjoyed the concept of if you win it, you host it. Ooh. And it's an extra benefit. And I don't care if there's... Oh, like Eurovision style? Yeah, absolutely. Let's make the NFL playoffs just like Eurovision, Michael. I concur. If <laughs> if you you know if you win it as Green Bay or the Pats and you don't think they have the infrastructure, whatever, we'll figure it out. If you win it, you host it. If the Saints win it, we can go back to the Superdome. If they don't, we ain't going there. Why are we always in Arizona? I feel like every three years I'm in Arizona. Why are we in Arizona all the time? We'll you definitely know, not be complaining about that in February. That's the only thing. It'll be nice and warm. <laughs> I'd like to stay with my initial proposal because it's the cold weather element that I want to bring in. But I, I genuinely like your proposal as well, Ollie. So I'm going to pass the stereo mic and say, oh. stereo mic, you can invest in one of those two. Which are you investing? You're investing in every second year cold weather or the winner retains the rights to host. As as someone that is a Broncos fan and has been in Denver in late December, um, <laughs> and you feel your contact lenses and your beard freezing over, uh, and obviously witnessed that New York Super Bowl and you know heard how cold it was, I I feel like maybe the best way to go would be to maybe host it where the team wins it. I like I mean I was in LA in February and I love the heat. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I no, nah, do you know what, lads? I'm gonna just say I'm out here for both of these things. I, put it in a put it in a hot city. There's no need. Like, like Massachusetts does not need a Super Bowl, right? It's, Green it's Bay not, shouldn't get one. It's in the middle of nowhere. Like, that's like my town host having a football, like a Premier League team. Yes, it's not happening. That's fun. This is typical of producer corporate Mike over here. He's trying to take <laughs> the artistry out of the game. The fact they have not held a Super Bowl at Lambeau Field is shameful. I agree. I don't care if you can't get the fucking bosses from Visa and MasterCard there on a private jet. Get the cameras there. You do it for every regular season game, but the game on. It would be the... You know how much they would sell on Super Bowl ads for Lambeau Field Super Bowl where they said to Jag, Boeing, all these companies, you can have Lambeau Field for a day to film your ad with Tiger Woods and whoever else. It would be off the chain to have that backdrop. They would make all that money back tenfold. It's It's... Put it in the coolest places. It's the Super Bowl. I've been there twice. I've been to Lambeau twice. Once by themselves, by myself, where I froze my ass off in November, and then once with my dad. And it is the most incredible place to go. It is wonderful. I agree. Let's move on. Let's go around the horn once more. Reach so one more idea to pitch. Let's go back to Oliver. Ollie, what you got? I want to completely overhaul the draft system. This is one I've been uh, uh, percolating on for a long time. I think you should remove the idea of a draft system where you're drafting based on draft order. And instead, we should make it a straight cash exchange. 
not pure free agency under the salary cap. I think a more interesting way of doing it is where you finish in the league rankings gives you a designated pool of how much you can offer rookie free agents. So let's say you finish 32nd in the league, you get $32 million in draft pool, 31st, 31, and we roll down the line, right? If you want to give all $32 million to the top quarterback in the draft, go at it. If you want to say, no, I'm going to completely rebuild the offensive line, take a cornerback, and I'll get 12 players, all of about what would be a typical second round, third round grade. I'm going to distribute the cash that way. I think we should move to a cash-based system where there's more intrigue, where if a quarterback comes, let's say Arch Manning, who's going to Texas, right? Nephew of Peyton. Say he's the biggest thing in college football at the University of Texas, which he probably will be. If he wants to go play for the Dallas Cowboys, he can take their $26 million cap charge and have to worry about landing in fucking Jacksonville because they have the first overall pick that year. I think it gives power back to some of the, the college players and it has brings in this really interesting team building element where you're trying to decide how much of your rookie cap you should designate to what positions and superstars versus depth. But does it not then give the power equally back to those big franchises and franchises in glamorous locations that have always potentially had a little bit of a power? And it's why we potentially see some of the same establishment maintaining their stranglehold on the NFL year after year. Right? Is that is that it gives power to the players, but it also takes it away from some of those franchises that aren't in the limelight as often. Where were the New England Patriots before they took Tom Brady? It's the smallest franchise in the league. They almost moved. I know, but if if let that's a difficult that's a difficult situation though, Ollie, because Tom Brady was taken late in the draft, so it's hard to fathom things like that in the scenario that you're talking about. What I'm saying is, if there's a very good player like Arch Manning, for example, let's say he lives up to everything he's going to be in college and he comes out, if the Patriot, if we get take the trip back in time to when the Patriots were pre Tom Brady and then weren't much cop, but let's say if they had not had a very good season and they were drafting first, but Arch Manning could forgo. I don't want to go to a, a franchise I don't like and I've never heard of or whatever, and I want to go somewhere else and so I'll take less money or whatever. It it puts the power in their hands, sure, but it takes away the rights in terms of equity that we're trying to aim for from some of the other franchises in the NFL. I hear you. And this is why we have built into the system okay. staggered caps. So the Cowboys might only have, if we stagger it appropriately, and this isn't the exact figure, but let's just go by the 32 down, right? The Cowboys might only have $3 million in their, in their rookie cap. So then it's up to Arch to say, do I want to go play for the Cowboys for $3 million, or will I take $32 million from the Seahawks? And hang on, would, hang on, hang on. When would they be able to renegotiate that contract? After five years, kind of like, like the rookie yeah, system at the moment. The same thing. Yep, you would retain the players' rights for five years unless you traded them, yeah. That adds an interesting wrinkle. I, I, I'm, I'm not against it, Ollie. It's, 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 it's fascinating. Mike, what do you think? Well, I know, Tom, you're a big Simpsons fan, so I'll say what Homer said. Uh, this is an interesting idea, and I wish to subscribe to your newsletter. Um, <laughs> no, I, I... I like it the way it is. I do. Like, I mean, I, I can see the way you're, that you're explaining it, and I just feel like I'll be like Michael Scott. Can you break it down and explain it to me like a five situation? Like, I mean, this whole Arch Manning thing, like what, what year is he due to come out? 2027 or something? Um, One more years? 26? I don't know, something like that. Yeah, three years it is. Let's, let's have a time capsule right now while we all still have hair. Who's going to draft him? <laughs> I'm going to say the Giants. No, like, I, I like your idea, Ollie, but I like the way it works at the minute. I really do. I just like the way that it's that, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you who's going to draft him, Mike. The Green the Bay London Packers. <laughs> the, Green Bay, the Green Bay Packers. You watch no, that. No, because Ari Rogers will still be there and 
No, Aaron Rodgers will t- <laughs> will do two more years, then he will stop. They'll suck for a year under Jordan Love or somebody else, and they'll be right up there at the top to pick, and they will take Arch Manning. How pissed off would the world be if that happened? And if Arch Manning was as good as people say they get, he's going to be. I, I, I'm not terrified of Arch Manning. There's an awful lot of uh, of surname hype going on with uh, with all Arch. So um, please look at Eli. I mean, please. I tell you what. What I'd be interested on this one then is mcfsquestions at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on Ollie's idea. I want to know if you think yes. Keep the draft as it is, or yes, Ollie, let's take this new kind of cap-related negotiation system. This is something that's going to happen that people pay attention to the NFL might not have noticed. So you may have seen, have you heard of name, image, and likeness in college football? Yes. So college football players now can earn off their likeness, right? The richest people on earth are donors to the University of Texas. So if Arch Manning is as good as even Eli at Ole Miss, which was outrageously good, right? There's going to be a point in three years' time where the Longhorns, who have no salary cap and the richest donors on earth, are going to outbid the rookie contract in the NFL. And they're going to say, why don't you play an extra year here for $80 million rather than going to the NFL for 23? So the NFL is going to have to look at its rookie system. And I think this is a more interesting way of handing power without handing dollars, which is the thing the league is worried about. The players would like more power. I think it's a pretty equitable way of doing it. It's interesting. Let's hear your thoughts on the email, ladies and gentlemen. Mike, your last idea. I only have two down. Actually, I've got I've got a third one. It's quite similar to my first one. I'm a big Denver Nuggets fan in the NBA, and I like the summer league because it gives. I know it's different because it's a lot more. So it's there's there's smaller roster sizes, but why not have some sort of de- developmental or summer league for uh, draft picks? practice squad players and i know we got the preseason uh, the preseason for me lads no but like an actual proper summer league oh you just something like that your own question i like, had the preseason no the preseason is the <laughs> summer league <laughs> it's bad football but like maybe maybe we could spice it up the, the way to spice it up and it's go back to the draft stuff this was my earlier idea before nil was i don't understand well i do understand why it's a lie a con to have a feeder developmental league for free from the nfl right the nfl should just have stunningly they have a european academy but they haven't got round to building one at no in oklahoma right they use college football as a minor league system why they don't have an academy system like european football I have no idea. And what you could do is, which will be more interesting, is everyone is draft eligible. They cannot play in the league until the age restriction that they put on, which is three years out. So you'll be drafted as Arch Manning today, but you're not, you can't play in the league until three years time. And maybe you could build an interesting development situation out of that where they have their own B squads, the practice squads play on Friday night. So you could do something like that. So you could see those superstar players who, who eschewed college. Uh, that would be something I think we could look at. Hmm. Interesting idea. I'm not for a summer league, but perhaps Ollie's idea has got some legs, maybe. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, Mike. Let's keep going. I'll give you the last one. I'll give you the last one. So my last idea, my pitch to you guys is this. So I was having a conversation on Twitter with a great longtime listener of the MCFS from back in all the way to the originals over the last eight years or so, Tristan out in Australia, we send our love to Tristan at reject underscore CKY on Twitter. He's a great man. He's a lovely bloke. He's a great dad. And he's got his, his boy called Tristan, uh, not Tristan. He's got his boy called Jackson, who he does a podcast with. 
which is fantastic. You can find it if you look for Tristan on Twitter, down with his boy Jackson. It's quite it's quite endearing because Jackson, uh, you know, offers his thoughts on the NFL and is asked a question and Tristan tries to answer them. But Jackson wanted to ask, why do there have to be divisions in the NFL? And that led me to the idea, Ollie. What if we broke down the divisions and really made it a cash cow, increased the size of the rosters and just ran a 32-team league where everybody played each other once? And that went on for, I don't know, eight months. And then we wouldn't have a crappy long off-season. We would have football forever. You could still have playoffs after that, like they're doing Major League Soccer or anything like that with a much longer season. You'd still have the playoffs after that to decide a winner. You would potentially in- involve, therefore, more. I'm going to play this player for a little bit or this player for a little bit because they need to rest, etc., and rotate. Bigger squads, more more opportunities for players coming out of college. It, 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 it's, a, it's a tricky one because football is such a, you know, impactful game in terms of creating injuries and, and therefore could you even if you expanded the rosters could you make it last that long but I, I why not why not just make it like a proper big league <laughs> because it would be the death of the, of the sport I, I it's too physically taxing the quality would be horrific the only people who would be left standing by week 21 would be some of the quarterbacks and even they would, wouldn't be in good shape and so you'd be rolling out uh i don't know yeah, Blaine Gabbert versus Chad Henney, who's like 50 at the time. Maybe Chase Daniel could finally get some reps. Uh, it would just be an abomination. An abomination. And, I, and the, the, the finite, the reason we're so hyped for week one is because of the finite nature of the product. Going to, to 17 is is distasteful. The 18 is going to be grim. You are capped, I think, maximum, with including playoffs at 25, 26 games. So 31 would be outrageous. So there you go, Jackson. That's why we have divisions. And that's why we break it down like that. I'm, I'm cool with eradicating divisions and going to some kind of rotation system so that everyone plays everyone within a certain time frame. I'll be up I suppose that. the divisions is about breaking it down so we can have playoffs in a structured format. But um, Ollie, Mike, I've really enjoyed Dragon's Den. I think we need to revisit this and do this again. Yeah, I would really like some input from the listeners and then they've put to us as the dragons maybe by email maybe we can get into a sort of voice note situation so, or send the yes. mic and he can bring them to us i think something like that so if the listeners could send in their pitches for how they would change the nfl we are in, going into week two and we are already working through the, the strong off-season content of how do you improve this delightful sport yeah so if you if you want to get in touch with us please do as we said on twitter at Ollie Connolly, at the underscore Tommy underscore more, at Mike underscore NFL, mcfsquestions at gmail.com. Mike, how could people possibly drop in some voice notes? How would that be done? That's a very good question, Tom. Uh, they could probably record a voice note on their phone and send it to their email. What we'll do over this, again, I'll, I'll ask Ollie to put this into the budget. We'll get a phone and we'll get a WhatsApp business number and people can WhatsApp us the voice notes uh, in the off season when we there do that. And uh, I, th- I think it's interesting. I'm just going to keep talking so I can say one very, very final point. You're not the world champions until you go around the world and play the European champions, the Africans. I think that's that's one thing I changed. There it is. I want whoever wins the Super Bowl this year to land in London and have to play the English champions and stuff. And then, yeah, I'm only messing. But yes, voice notes are on the uh, agenda. That would be a bloodbath. Yes, if you want to send a voice note with your idea of how to prove the NFL or questions, of course, or anything, or if you want to hurl some abuses, we're always welcome to listen to it. Voice notes, send it on the email, mcfsquestions at gmail.com. Let's move on. 
So Mike, before we finish off with listeners' questions, we always like to touch on a little bit of Ireland. So what have you got for us this week? You know, there's your segment. That's your name, A Little Bit of Ireland. A Little Bit of Ireland, just Um, glimmering like uh, the Green Lantern does. It shines green through to us and we absorb it. It makes us feel warm and fuzzy. Come on, take the mic, Mike. Take the mic, Mike. Last week, uh, I I had notes done where I was going to have a segment on James McCourt, the Illinois kicker, who was going to be the first Irish player in the NFL in 37 years. James got signed by the Jaguars. The Jaguars didn't have a kicker. And then James got released. So I got it for James, but literally it sort of taught me to never get my hopes up. And I know at some point he will get sorted and Ollie's laughing already. Uh, One thing I'm going to touch on is the college game in Dublin two and a half, three weeks ago. Uh, it went viral Tom I'm not sure if you've seen it what happened I did I did I did. but tell us more uh, so I was at the game and suddenly pandemonium starts and about half an hour later I realised that a cashless stadium the card machines went down and everybody in the 40 odd thousand seater stadium was being given free pints free beer free coke free Fanta crisps burgers hot dogs it works to the point where I think on Fox Sports it showed a beer snake from here to Salford with 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 Ollie and it was just carnage but I you know lads it was great crack as well and it, I think it shows you the crack of the Irish and mixing the Brits and the Europeans and the Americans as well and I think that we that we should be given a game now I'll happily take the Jaguar Broncos game off his lads if he's want and we can have it over here there is such a a deep cultural heritage with Ireland from the United States. We're always talking about the, the, the Italian Americans and the Irish Americans. I mean, there's a lot of uh, American, you know, heritage from around the world, you know, Germany, Scandinavia, everywhere, Wales, England, Scotland, but obviously they're two, the Irish and the Italian ones. So it, it does seem like you would probably get a lot of support for that. What do you think, Ollie? Yeah. I mean, the, the Steelers, this is what the Steelers are doing, right? They have the, the marketing rights in, in Ireland and the Steelers are, I mean, they've done absolutely nothing as opposed to, to teams in other markets. Um, for, for someone who fought so hard to get the exclusive rights to that domain, they appear to have no interest in doing anything apart from announcing the fact they have that domain. Um, so I guess we'll see. I think this, I think within, within five to 10 years, I'll be stunned if there was not a like Steelers Patriots game there. It would make Amazing sense in my ears. Yeah, if it was teams that had that association, therefore, with the Irish heritage as well. Completely, yep. completely. I cannot describe, though, lads, the pandemonium that it was when the beer was being given out do, for free. Do you like, think that? Do you think that somebody wangled that? Somebody threw some kind of you know Mission Impossible style device that they clicked on and dropped into a bin, almost like in the the original the Italian job to mess up the the traffic systems in that in that city in italy do you think that's that somebody did that deliberately and jammed the signals and therefore because they knew that that was the contingency plan because if that is the contingency plan in most stadiums someone needs to figure out how to do that for every event ever. should never be paying for a beer again ever if exactly. possible i like 750 a pint as well so it wasn't cheap and I don't know, like the Wi-Fi wasn't working in, in the press box. So if the Wi-Fi wasn't working in the press box, then one would suggest or presume that maybe that might be one of the reasons. Maybe it just wasn't strong enough. They're saying it could be up to a million euro in an insurance policy <laughs> because like I'll, I'll like I have a picture on my Twitter account. I'll try and put it up here now. A boy walked past me in a Chargers shirt. He must have been carrying eight to ten pints of Guinness and lager. And do you know what I say? I say Excelsior, fair play to him. And uh, I can't wait for the game next year because I know, Tom, uh, we're going to do a live MCFS from 
Dublin? Is that, is that the plan? You, you're wearing green already, so I just thought maybe we could. If you want to take me there, by that point, my kids will be two and five, and I can definitely leave them with their mother and get out for some free, you know, Wi-Fi jammed related pints. I'm all for that. Ollie, are we, are we heading out there? Yeah, yeah, next year, sure. I love it. You still got to get me a, a press pass for the Green Bay game in London. I've got a ticket, but I want all access, baby. <laughs> we'll take this offline. <laughs> I'm not going to get that pass. And by the way, also, I want to be spending that with my dad and my uncle, which is great. You know, when you finally get the chance to experience something like that with people that have never experienced it before. So I've been with my dad to Green Bay, but my uncle, he's never seen a Packers game. He's been a Packers fan all of his life. He's absolutely so excited and i'm so excited to see his face when he sees aaron Rodgers out there on the field that's going to be amazing um anything else on ireland mike before we move on no look we're, we're doing well it's it's all good here at the minute and i've got a couple of interesting <laughs> things to tell you next week uh what do you mean what do you mean we're doing well you see you you're implying that here in the uk on the mainland we're not doing well well, you would have people in, in the comments that would be saying, if I just said otherwise here, I'm geographically in the UK uh, at the moment. But uh, no, we're, we're doing well. We're doing grand. We're, we're enjoying ourselves. Uh, there's a few NFL parties on over here at the weekend. So um, the weather's really poor, but bar that, all good. I have an interesting tale to tell you next week uh, about a farmer. So do stick with us next week. And uh, I know you'll be waiting to hear this all week. So. I It'll cannot wait. I cannot wait. I look forward to it. Let's switch out now and finish off with listeners' questions. And this week, I've just got the one that extends from Twist, uh, Tristan and his son, Jackson. I really want you guys to get in touch with us. If you tuned into the show for the first time, honestly, we love all the questions the listeners give to us. Back when Ollie and I were doing the MCFS in the old days, before we got taken on by the fantastic Gridiron, we used to have lots of great user interaction. It used to make the show so much fun because it became a little community. And it's not just about... Do you have to have a legit NFL science-y, you know, scheme-related question for Ollie to answer? It's just basic questions. Share your opinion with us. Let us know your thoughts and see if we've got an opinion on them that we want to share back with you. It's all about user interaction. So please get in touch with us, mcfsquestions at gmail.com or on the Twitter, as we said, at Ollie Connolly, at the underscore Tommy underscore more and at Michael underscore NFL. But Jackson wanted to ask Ollie, and this is almost back into the realms of the quiz show, he wanted to ask, what was the third team to exist in the NFL? Great question. Do we know the answer to that? Well, there would be, there was a merger. So wouldn't they all just come in as one for the NFL? Am I being pedantic there? Oh, that's interesting. Maybe he means the third team to exist in all football all time completely. Football because that, I should know this after the last six weeks. Oh, yeah. So. Right, you didn't jump straight <laughs> in. I mean, that would be one of the, the, college teams right it would be a yale or someone i'm gonna have to google this now mike do you think you know what it is if it's a if it's the third football team to ever play it's going to be an ivy league school who decided to take on whoever won the first game what about like someone in ohio i don't even know anymore like canton or something like that you're like all the old names so i found i found a, a team hall here apparently called the columbus panhandles but I don't know whether that's Google playing with my head. And uh, that's the in, third NFL team ever. Apparently, I'm looking. I'm looking it's at a different third. source now. I thought the Panhandle was in Texas, though. The oldest teams. Well, that would be the people who migrated from Texas to Columbus, surely. Well, the ten oldest teams in the NFL, according to this, are the Cardinals, the Bears, the Packers, the Giants, the Lions, the, the previously Commanders, Steelers, Eagles, <laughs> and Browns. But it doesn't obviously have that in a in a list order you know what 
for the benefit of Jackson, let's put that out to our listeners. Can any listeners give us a little bit of a potted history of the oldest teams in the NFL? Were they college teams? I think they were. It was a college game before it became the NFL. So when they turned into professional non-college, what are the oldest teams? I think that's what we're looking for, Ollie. There are some great names here. You want to hear some of these? These are out. Oh, I'm, I'm ready for it. Hit me Can with you it. resurrect any of these? Okay, we've got the Buffalo All-Americans. Okay. The, the Detroit Heralds. Nice. The Massillian Tigers. I like that. Whoa, Massillian? Is that a place? Massillian? Massillian? Double S? Massillian? It sounded like Greek Herculean or something. Next. What's the next one? Rock Island Independence. I mean, oh, yeah. Why are, the, team. why are the Jets <laughs> still the Jets, man? <laughs> Be the Rock Island Independence. I love it. The Portsmouth Spartans. Okay. The Canton Bulldogs. Yes. Now, this is the saddest one. We'll end on this note. This is just tragic. The Dayton Triangles. It's like, what? You're going to bring a triangle to a bulldog and independent fight? I don't think so. Well, Pythagoras was an animal. No. <laughs> Pythagoras was a beast. You don't mess with Pythagoras. Do you think that he would have been the triangle's mascot? Pythagoras going there, going, two sides of an isosceles triangle equal to the square root of the remaining side. Or oh, my God. Homer oh my. Said. There you go. That's a right wow. triangle, you idiot. <laughs> anyway, on that Pythagoras note, we love you and leave you. Thank you so much for joining us. If it's been your first journey and your first jaunt and ride with us, we thank you for tagging along. We'll hope you join us again next week. Please get in touch with the show. It's always a pleasure to reach out to you. And it's always a pleasure to know if you're enjoying the show. If not, then don't, because I don't want to know if you hate it. <laughs> so from ladies and gentlemen, for now, it's goodbye from Stereo Mike. Longer foil. Enjoy week one. It's goodbye from Ollie Connolly. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from me. Good luck to your team in week one, provided they are not the Minnesota Vikings. Good night, everyone. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.